The PA Turnpot is brought to you free by Anchor. On today's episode, Tom Brady officially announces his retirement from the NFL. We will review the conference championship games, talk about some NFL coaching news and some drama, talk a little bit about the Sixers as we approach the trading deadline, and then we'll wrap it all up with our wins and losses. But first, here's Joel and I talking about Anchor. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the PA Turnpod. This is episode number 38, the uh, the Kurt Schilling episode, if you will. Yay. <laughs> I'm Rob, joined as always by Joel. How art thou? So that, that means one of us will be banned from the Hall of Fame? Yes, I am officially banned from this podcast going forward. <laughs> well, uh, I'll, met, I'll be sure to mention you in my speech if they don't you know, cut my mic off. Had the sound of the P8, and that was my co-host. <laughs> but That's, I'm doing uh, all right. I'll do cameos like he does. <laughs> hey, whatever gets the bread. Yeah. But I'm doing all right. I had a long headache and slash day. I woke up early as fuck after a long week, and then 7 o'clock turned into 9 o'clock, turned into 4 o'clock, and here I am recording, and I don't know what happened with my day. That's right. Today's your Saturday, right? Yes. Unfortunately. Yeah. Because tomorrow is everything I have to do that I didn't do today has to be piled in tomorrow, and I go back into my five days of hell to be repeat the system. Yay! How yeah. about you? How are you? Uh, I'm tired. Um, I woke up with a headache today as well. Um, I'm running on um, four consecutive days, including an open to close. A lot of running around yesterday. Um, more to come the next couple days. <laughs> But I, I see, it feels like I slept relatively normal last night because I was pretty tired. Mm-hmm. Went to bed. I, I texted you when I got home. I got home like what, like 10 o'clock? 9.56 because I was like, all right, got the rundown ready. I'm ready to go. Yeah. And he shoots me this fucking text. I, you would have thought I got hit by a truck. <laughs> so I felt pretty uh, pretty tired. I still, he still hadn't eaten dinner or anything. So I, I, by the time I got to bed, by the time I got ready for bed, it was like 11 something. And then I pretty much went to sleep right after the end. As I walked it at home, I walked in around like eleven fifteen. So yeah, you went to bed. I was walking it in the house. As soon as I got done eating, I was just like, "I'm, I'm down for the count." Watched a little bit of TikTok and I went to sleep. Normal night's sleep, but I just feel like crap for some reason. I don't know. Maybe this is it. Uh oh. Gotta put you. a gotta put an ad on Indeed. <laughs> co-host needed. Co-host needed. Uh, manager needed at GNC. Yeah. Including new hires. Oh God! If, I, if I'm not there, the store's not going to operate. <laughs> oh my God! Yeah. But uh, we're here. We made it through the snow again, as well. That was a disaster here. What a weird one! Do you still have some snow on the ground? Oh yeah, plenty. Yeah, ridiculous. As if it wasn't difficult enough for Jersey drivers to navigate the roads. Um, <laughs> yeah, you and your shot. <laughs> you and PA with your small narrow roads. Jesus Christ. We're sorry you guys aren't coordinated. It's uh <laughs> hey. It's quite difficult. It is pretty sad out here because no one they didn't plow the street well enough. So the cars that park outside that don't have driveways, yeah, have to step over the snow or on the side. So it makes the road even more narrow. So the two-lane road normally yeah. is now a one lane, but donkeys here in Jersey don't know that. So they try to fit and race each other to get past one another before it, it yeah, inevitably they, goes two to one. They kind of half-assed it here with plowing too. 
So, so you actually, I don't know if you went or not, but did you have work on Saturday? I know we talked about it a little bit. Yeah, I had work and I could not make it through. I basically shoveled my way out to open the door, <laughs> shoveled my way down the steps, try to get halfway to the, the driveway until I realized my car was buried. And then I realized at 9.05 a.m. exactly, the road was not even plowed. So I'm basically plowing my way to op- you know, clear, clear my car for nothing because the road wasn't even plowed. And I have mm. a sedan. I don't have a you know truck yeah, or four. You and I have pretty tiny cars. So even if I did manage to clear my car and driveway, I'm walking right into maybe three feet of snow. <laughs> I'm not making it. Oh, so you guys really got hit hard then. Oh, yeah, dude. And the, the city shut down the night before. I had to so, log into Facebook and Instagram. That's where my mayor only posts, not on Twitter. And he said basically the city was shut down Friday night. Yeah. And if you're in the city, go to where the shopping outlets are, there's a garage there. Parking is free. Put your cars there because the public works will not be working overnight. He wow. literally was like, we're not shoveling. We're not plowing. Yep. We're waiting till the snow subsides and then we'll continue. See, I got different reports here. I live on the border between Philly and Ben Salem. Uh-huh. Um, and then we also have stores up and down the area that we have pretty good contact with. Some in Jersey, some in Philly, some in like, like pretty far, like an hour away. And an hour away, they said, oh, there's like no snow on the ground. It's like two inches. Uh, somebody that lives near me that works with us said it was like two or three. And I was like, no, it's literally like four. Meanwhile, other people were like, oh, it's between four and eight. We're like, that's a big disparity right there. I got to work <laughs> fine. I had to work on Saturday and it snowed on Friday, which didn't stick really. Yeah. And then on, on Friday night and the Saturday morning, it did. Woke up a little early, went outside to clear off my car. And kind of dug a little bit of a tunnel out to the driveway, like to the street from the driveway, just in case they plowed, which they obviously didn't. Um, I was able to get out fine. It took a little while for my car to kind of defrost. Um, We put down like salt and stuff the previous night. But so the way I take to work, I generally will take main roads and snowstorms because I figured the main roads would be the ones that they will prioritize. And I took nothing but main roads and none of them were plowed. So I got on Byberry, which was not plowed. Off, so Woodhaven Road was fine, mm-hmm. like fine-ish. Byberry was not. I was like, all right, let me just get on Bustleton. Bustleton's probably the easiest. Like th- that's one of the busier streets here. Nope. It was it was fine, but nothing <laughs> special. And then I I was like, let me just turn on County Line. There's a slope from where like uh, as soon as you turn on the road from where I turned off Bustleton, and my car couldn't even get up it. So I had to turn around and go back. <laughs> and I went to Street Road. Street Road was fine. And then eventually I got to work about ten minutes after the time we could have opened we had a window of about an hour like between nine and ten is when we could open so i got there about 10 after um parked in the back they plowed a little bit and then that was really it i had two customers all day yeah we were trading uh photos back and forth you took a picture outside of, from your store i'm like dude there's probably no, any snow now. nobody there nobody there but it was like the snow i was thinking like yeah. insanity it was like i saw the road itself uh, well, the the um the shopping center does a good job of plowing and stuff. They did a much better job than PennDOT did. Jesus. They um they they did a good job plowing the front and the back. They were putting down salt. They were shoveling, so they did a good job keeping the shopping center up and running. Problem was, um, nothing near me was open. The Verizon next to me opened for about two hours. The gym closed early. There was there's a massage place near me that didn't even open. The supermarket was open, but like Starbucks and Dunkin' were closed. Um, the bank doesn't even operate anymore. And then there was, there's like an armed forces <laughs> place, like a soccer shop. None of that stuff opened. 
So when I got there, it was just myself and a couple cars in the the gym parking lot before yeah. they closed early, and then like a couple people at the supermarket, and that was about it. GNC was like, "Come hell or high water, we're not closing." Well, sometimes you you have decent That's days. Wild. I had I had a day a couple like last year where I opened at eleven, uh-huh. and which was two hours later than we we're used to. And like the second guy I talked to with the entire day spent like 500 bucks. I'm like, that's like one of the biggest sales I've ever had. Jesus. And so we've had decent luck and mm-hmm. naturally. So the, my first customer came in around noon and then I, as the day went on, we were told around one or you, you can close if you, if not, if nothing's happening. So like get home before it's dark, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'll just hang out, hang out a little bit. I got a, an order of stuff. I got to sort anyway. I'll clean up a little bit. I, I wiped down like the counters and stuff. And then I gave it like a really thorough mopping because I felt confident that if I mopped, nobody would step on it. Yeah. So I was like, let me mop good and I'll just get out of the way, let it dry, and then I'll, I'll lock up and leave. And naturally, as literally after I turned the lights off, I count the drawer, which was just what it was at the beginning because there's no cash. Yeah. Um, I go to lock the door, guys walking toward it. I had a sale with the lights off. So, Awkward. and then as soon as that was finished, I was out of there. But and then the drive home wasn't that bad. It was about a 40 minute drive home or about a 30, yeah, 30 minute drive home, 40 minute drive in usually takes me 20 on Saturdays. So could have been worse. Now heading to work, are you one of those drivers that kind of pull the, what I'm, I'm assuming that you have power seating, correct? What's up? Do you have power seating? Power seating? Yeah. Am I saying it right? Well, like power steering? No power seating. Like, you know, you, you adjust your chair with a button instead of... Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so you have that. So are you one of those drivers that, you know, during the snowstorm or rain, heavy rain, you inch it a little closer than normal, you hunch over the, the steering wheel with your hands at six and... Not six and three, nine and three, with the radio off, just like squinting your eyes, just trying to get through. So I was listening... With the radio off. I had a podcast on, and I also had the <laughs> GPS on to help me get to work, and my phone overheated, so I couldn't use it. <laughs> Because the heat Silence. was also on. I, I do lean a little bit forward if it's like tough to see, but th- that day I was like, there's nobody on the roads anyway. Ah. Um, I, I, I do drive a lot slower when it's uh, when inclement weather comes around, especially snow. I usually go, you know, probably about half the limit. I was picturing you like, you know, you're at dark looking for this house at night and you turn down the radio so you can see better. I yeah. was picturing you doing that in the snowstorm. Just squinting your eyes, turning the radio off. No sports was, talk now. I need to focus on the There's road. science behind it. If you turn the radio down, you can, you can focus me. better. And you can find out, <laughs> you can find the address. Oh, my God. Um, well, and, we we made it through alive somehow. Yeah. And, fortunately for you, unfortunately for me, kind of hoping that would be the end. No. This fucking groundhog just gave the, us more bad news. What the, what, the snow outside of my house still won't be melted in six weeks? It will not. And I did research... Like yesterday, like looking for results. Apparently, there's multiple groundhogs they go to, like yours, Pentatucky. Whatever. Oh, the way of a stunt hog? No, you guys have the original. We have Punch Tony Phil. We have yeah. the single. Maybe at this point, he is the second most famous groundhog because I think Gus is creeping up. Gus is on TV every day. Punch Tony Phil is not on TV. Oh, that's right. You're not in Philly. So the PA lottery has a groundhog as its um yeah as its logo or whatever, uh-huh. and it's Gus, the second most famous groundhog in Pennsylvania. Yeah. But he's definitely first at this point because we see Phil like once a year. And he's usually pretty grumpy. Gus is in a good mood. Yeah. Gus is like money man. But uh my groundhog, I guess there's one in New Jersey. Apparently yeah. he died literally the day before. <laughs> he died on February first, and they were like, 
That's how I'm trying to be. Twitter went off. They're like, is that a bad omen for 2022? Yeah. If the groundhog died before his big day on groundhog, like, yeah, I'm not sick. You got stage fright. What can I say? Yeah. But yeah, six more weeks of winter. Yay. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. It's six more weeks, no matter what. I mean, spring doesn't start till mid-March anyway. But I'm tired of the snow. Tired of the cold. But anyway, uh, moving on. There was also some news, I believe, yesterday. Besides Groundhog, WFT. Was it on the second or the first? That was, uh, no, it was Wednesday. Jesus. Oh, I don't even know what day it is right now, but it was Wednesday. Yesterday. Yeah, pretty sure right, it was yesterday. For the second day. Or whatever day it was. So uh, WFT gets a new name in, lo- in uh, uniform, Rob. What do we have here? Are they we the Red have, Wolves? Yeah, it's not the Red Wolves. Are they not the Commies? The, not the Defenders. The Commies. Not the football team. Not the Redskins. It is the Washington Snyders. I forget. Commanders. Commanders. <laughs> yeah, I thought you had it on the rundown. No. Nah. Commanders, because they are, you know, they command respect. They they could they had so first of all, yeah. They had two years to think of this. They stole the name from the commanders from the AAF. They also stole their hashtag, which was like keep command or something like that. Jesus Christ. And they also stole the We Are Farmers thing, apparently. They're going to be we, we are, are farmers. They're going to be like we are commanders, apparently. Oh no! So, and they stole their jerseys from TJ Maxx. <laughs> Those things are horrific. I actually so even though the no, they're fine, but they suck. They're better than the Cardinals jerseys. That's a take right there. The Cardinals jerseys are the worst jerseys in sports. It's so the they're awful, and they haven't been touched in years. Um, the so I kind of liked the football team jerseys. Mm-hmm. One, because they were pretty clean. They didn't have a logo, obviously, but they the, the colors were great. The helmets, I kind of liked the numbers on there. I liked it better than the W they have now. I didn't see that. Yeah, but better the, than the W, yeah, for sure. The W sucks. They, they, they should have they done something with red. They do have the W, though, in the front on the black helmets, which is... That's different. Like, that is different. So they have two separate helmets. Obviously, red... Yes, so... For I guess home, I home and away. So, so the NFL since 2013, I want to say, has been doing this one helmet thing. Yeah, where they believe if you have one helmet and it's more broken in and worn more frequently than if you had numerous helmets like college, yeah. that it would be better for player safety. They got rid of that rule, which is why. So the Eagles haven't been able to wear their Kelly green in a while. Patriots haven't been able to wear the red throwbacks with the white helmet. Seahawks can't wear throwbacks. Falcons, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah, Cowboys and Bills. So they have gotten rid of that rule. Um, July 31st of this year, teams must submit their second helmet to the league for, I guess, like approval or whatever. Yeah. But starting with the 22 season, you can have a, an alternate uniform that also includes an alternate helmet. So that would be why the Washington football team ah. or whatever, whatever they are now, the commanders have a black helmet. I'm not mad at this jersey, though. They're fine. Uh, every All team right. has a black jersey. Um, so I follow a, a page on Twitter. It's called UniWatch. This guy named Paul Lucas, mm. who will point out like inconsistencies on uniforms, like how the Cowboys have three different colors of blue. Um, if somebody's numbers are a different font from someone else's, or you know, spelling's th- wrong. Yeah, spelling's wrong. Like um, Leighton Van Der Esch Van Der had the spelling. <laughs> that's how I found it. Um, or that, that's how I found that. But this guy, he calls it BFBS, where like the Cardinals have it, um, the Jets have it. It's just black for black's sake. An alternate <laughs> uniform that is black. Like every team's got a black jersey now. And that Which seems like that's how the league is going now at this point. Like the Texans are going to have one soon. 
the uh, the Giants will probably have one. The Bills will have one. It's almost on trend with your NBA take with uniforms. The home games are not white. They're just the alternate or the other color. Yeah, jerseys, which you know? sucks. In football, I guess it's fine. Eh. Hockey, it's kind of just become a thing. Hockey and football almost transitioned at the same time, like the early 2000s. Baseball, still clean, white at home, occasional darks. Um, throwbacks. Yeah, we're throwbacks. Powder Basketball. I gotta be honest with the Philly, the Sixers beat the Grizzlies the other night, which we'll get to in a little bit. Pretty sure they wore the white uniforms at home. It just looks so good. They did. It just looks great. Clean. Julius Irving won the championship as a Sixer in white at home. So, I mean, it's so weird when you see teams like the Lakers that are known for their gold, you know, first of all, they're yellow, they're yellow jerseys at home and they're wearing yellow on the road and purple at home. It looks so stupid. It's, I mean, at that point, you might as well just change the logo. Have it, yeah. instead of the yellow circle with the purple lettering, have it purple. Yeah, invert it. Yeah, invert it. So, um, well, the, with this Washington black one, last thing I'll talk about the yeah. that before I let you, you take over. If you can see, well, that's on Zoom, but the black jersey, look at the name. It's off to the side, like where they were like the NBA players have the yeah. sponsorships like Weeble or Bumble. They have the commanders <laughs> on the side, which yeah. I like. That's a nice touch. And it's different. It's different. Yeah. I like that because it's a clean silhouette. Nonetheless, it's just the black jersey with the number and obviously yeah. whatever name you have on the back. The Rams do that, but it just says Rams. And it looks it looks like a, like it's supposed to be a. Um, it looks like it's supposed to be a sponsor but it's not like you said <laughs> and it looks so silly now i do kind of like the the numbers on the whites yeah. now that i'm getting a more fresh look at it chase young who by the way a couple months ago chase young was on a podcast or a tv show or something yeah and they rattled off names to him and he had to grade them a through f and he gave commanders an f which I'm is pretty worried. funny but the numbers are kind of cool so they're 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 red with a black outline but in there it's got like a little like a web looking design on there yeah with some white Different. Is it like white it. or yellow? No, it's white. It's white. Never Looks mind. like white. Yeah, and that's fine with me. That's not bad. I'm cool Smash. with the red face mask. I think that looks kind of cool. Uh, but they are now HTTC for Hail to the Commanders, which is stupid. Should have been Red Wolves. Should have been Hail, Red Wolves. Hail to the Red. The black oh, one's no. fine. I can't. I don't think you can do that one. Red in Washington, Republicans. It goes the, like that. People can twist everything. The home jersey, which is red. It, it looks like an XFL jersey. I'm sorry. No, that would be a road game, wouldn't it? And the black is the alternate. Well, the, the, bra- the black, home. well, white is the road jersey, unless they're going to do what the Bucks and the Cowboys do, where they just wear white at home. Uh, but most teams are wearing dark at home. Okay. I do kind of enjoy the fact that all three of them kind of have their own personality. Like the, the red one has it's red and yellow, the black one is black and yellow. And the red one is red and white. Or I'm sorry, the white one is white and red. It doesn't all have all the colors all the time, because then that's a little much. But I mean, I'm not mad at it. Like I like it. It's, it's fine. Nike too, right? I want to say uh, Nike. I'm yeah. pretty sure Nike does all of them. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm not mad at it. Yeah, it's fine. It's it's different. And do you think this is Chase Young? Like I know this is supposed to be Chase Young, but do you think that is really Chase Young wearing this? He looks uh, a little small. A little small. I'm just saying. Oh, the one where you can't actually see his face? Yeah. I well, mean, let me yeah. look. The tattoo looks like it matches him. Chase Young's pretty pretty slim as it is. Oh, is, I thought it was a bigger dude. Yeah, I mean, he's he's bigger than us, but... He oh, looks so, small compared wait, to the other two in the back, and he's the We have our guy. breaking news on the podcast. We have our Eastern Conference All-Star Reserves. Oh, I thought you were breaking news as in redacted. It's being traded. Let's These go. are some terrible players. 
Um, uh oh. Do you want me to read them? Yeah, let's go for it. Ben Simmons, John Wall. Kid- no, I'm kidding. No, no I'm kidding. Stop. No, it's uh, stop. <laughs> it's so it's you said the name, which is bad enough, and then he was the first one that comes out of your mouth. Enough. <laughs> Enough. It's, uh, it's Jimmy Butler, okay. Darius Garland, George Niang. I'm sorry. Uh, Jimmy Butler, Darius Garland, James Amen. Harden, Zach Levine, Chris Middleton, Jason Tatum, Fred Van Fleet are the Eastern Conference Reserves. I'm assuming there's going to be some West coming out soon. Niang is not on the list. Uh, Niang on Oh, here's the West. Uh, the West is going to kick the crap out of the East if they're still doing Well, they're not doing East versus West anymore, right? It's just like LeBron and Giannis pick the teams. I thought it was like the captain on each side just picks from a giant pool of players. Uh, dodgeball. Devin Booker, Luka Doncic, Rudy Gobert, Draymond Green, who has actually not, is not going to participate. Donovan Mitchell, Chris Paul, Carl Anthony Towns. Um, Draymond is not playing in the game for some reason. I don't know why. Protesting. Probably going to be DeJounte Murray. It takes his place. Uh, we'll break that down on Friday because yeah. we need something to talk about Friday. But breaking news on the pod. Um, anymore, so I was going to ask you on a scale from one to 10, how would you rank the uniforms or how would you grade the uniforms? Uh, name notwithstanding, let's pretend the commanders is like a cooler name, like Red Wolves B minus because I like the, the alternate block with the helmet, it's something different. And if that's if it gets approved, but I'm sure it did if they have it on release, I give it a B minus. I'm not mad at it, I like it, but it could be better, could be way better. I give it a C and I give it like a five and a half, six out of 10. Yeah, so I guess technically an F or a D in that case. <laughs> Yeah, it's not bad. It's, not, it's all good. All right, what else happened this week, sir? And um, kind of happened the other day as well, last Saturday. Hmm. I don't remember. Is it one Tom Brady? Who? The consensus of GOAT. In Does he just become a silhouette like the baseball players have now that he's retired? I think so. Is it the silhouette where he, you know, missed the catch at the Super Bowl against the Eagles? He didn't shake hands with the quarterback. Or that um, one too? So Tom Brady officially announced his retirement. Um, this is kind of sad in, in the sense that he wasn't really the one that broke the news. Yeah. Saturday around 4 o'clock, I want to say, because it was right around the time I got home. Um, I got texts from everybody, probably including yourself. No, you texted me about Oh, I was the one that broke it to you. I became Schefter. I was, apparently, you were the only person that found out from me because I found <laughs> out from about 10 different people. Brady was going to retire. This is according to Schefter, I believe, and then some other guy. Um, Tom Pelissaro, maybe I think was one. I forget who it was. Um, and then like a couple hours later, his dad said he hadn't actually come out with a, a made a decision. Arians also said the same. And then Tom reached out to um the like ownership and management at the Bucks and said he hadn't made a decision. Naturally, three days later on Tuesday, he posts on Twitter and uh, Facebook and Instagram an- announcing his retirement. Now, terrible. Did you read the statement? No, I heard it was eight pages long. It was like it was a bunch of posts. It was a bunch of like slides on a post. So in the statement, he never actually thanked or mentioned the New England Patriots. Um, Never said anything about Bill Belichick. Never said anything about Bob Kraft. Um, Wow, is this symbolic? And also, the photo that he used is from the night that he made his return to Gillette as a member of the Bucks and beat them. (laughs) <laughs> so because if you look you can see it's dark and there's there's rain and you can kind of see the um like the ring going around the stadium has like the led screens mm-hmm. kind of make out that it's gillette i have not seen it um first in, first take on it 
it's a little petty. A little weird, but, right? But I would I would think it's probably the only time like those two, I guess, teams were together with him in the middle of it in a way. Like he basically in that statement in that picture, he kind of did acknowledge New England Patriots as one time he was there. He came back where he was for 20 years as a member yeah. of the Bucks. So he kind of put two in one. But kind of his world's colliding, so to speak. Like would yeah. Would he have chosen that picture if New England did beat him? Nope. That would be the question, right? It would be him holding Lombardi with uh, <laughs> Mike Evans. Yeah, now, right. Does this surprise you at all? Him retiring? Yeah. Um. Yeah. Me too. But not as much as it would be two weeks ago. Two weeks ago, I was like, nah, I'm not going to retire. But we said it on the pod when we were uh, doing the previous for the uh, AFC divisional game, I believe. Yep. Or the NFC divisional. Well, yeah. There were already rumors and rumblings that, oh, this might be Tom's last game. He might retire. Automatically, that was the narrative going into that game against the Rams. So that already put it in your head that, oh, if they lose, he could retire. If they win and he goes on, he could retire either after the NFC championship or at the Super Bowl. So that was already impl- implemented in your brain because of the rumblings. Yeah. But uh, I was That surprised. was weird. I was kind of uh, – and so obviously he was 45 years old or whatever – been playing football for 22 years, including a couple years and then a couple years in college. His body is probably in better condition than a lot of his teammates and his peers. It caught me off guard too because there was nothing even symbolizing like like that would even lead you to believe this is going to happen until that report came out, where apparently he was on a podcast or something and he talked about how or he talked to Jim Gray or I don't know what the heck it was. He told uh, maybe it was Collinsworth and um. And Michael's that he told, mm-hmm. but all of a sudden, like overnight, it was like, Hey, Brady might retire. And you're like, what? There's no way. I thought for sure. He was just trying to take some of the attention that was being given to Aaron Rodgers because his, you know, impending, you know, move from one team to another was kind of the story of the off season. Same thing with Russell Wilson. Brady's just like, Hey, I want to be part of the spotlight too. And he's, he was at the, uh, you could argue he was at the top of his game. He had more touchdown passes in his forties than he did, I think in his early twenties. So, I mean, he looked awesome. His last throw in the NFL was a bomb to Mike Evans. So, yeah, right. Uh, TB, it's weird. TB12 gone. It's just weird to say. And, and do you think he's going to come back? No. Me once, neither. once you make that decision, you're done. You're done. I'm, I'm surprised to say, the, say I'll, the least. I'll be surprised if he comes back in any aspect in football on top of that. I don't see him as a commentator. I don't Me see neither. him on the desk. Nope. I see him just. You know, riding off into the sunset, maybe come in for like Hall of Fame game or you know, yeah, acknowledgement game as a Patriot. But no, I don't see him playing or doing anything with football. I mean, he's gonna go home with his kids and Giselle and see what the next chapter in his life has in store for him. He's forty four, turning forty five later this year. Um, yeah, Tom Brady, goat, did it all. I mean. He couldn't beat the Eagles in the Super Bowl. I mean, he did He did once, but we're one and one. So, I'll take a tie. I'll take a tie. The so Supposedly, this has a lot more to do with his family than it does him. You yeah, know, he wants sure. to be a father. Uh, he wants to be a husband. And apparently, it's very difficult for his family to watch him take these hits, especially at his age. So, good for him. He's been in the NFL so long that he – he played at the same time Doug Peterson played pretty sure McVay was in the league at one point with him. 
Um, there were a lot of coaches and players. Like, uh, the enemy might have just been finishing up when he got in the league. He played against Antoine Winfield and then played with Antoine Winfield's son, which is crazy to think about. Um, yeah, uh, even uh, pundits on TV like Damian Woody, yeah, he was his teammate in New England his first two years, maybe in 2000. So, I mean, yeah, like you see these guys, he's talking heads, but they were also former teammates. Even uh, what's this guy, the, the linebacker, like, what's uh, uh, Teddy Bruschi, yeah. You know, Bruce you know, Rodney Harrison is on Rod- NBC now. Exactly. Um, Moss. It's crazy. So, I mean, it's crazy because you keep seeing these, um, these graphics, you know, Peyton is kind of removed from it because he retired so long ago, but Peyton's gone. Brady's gone. Rivers. Rivers is gone. Eli's gone. If you want to count those two rivers and Eli, uh, breeze. And I can't help to think I'm missing somebody. Hmm. Are you, is it with consent or no? Oh, that's right. Big Ben. <laughs> I, I legitimately forgot. Yeah, Big Ben's out of the league as well. And even to a smaller extent, you got guys like Carson Palmer, um, like Michael Vick, guys that we kind of grew up watching that are no longer in the NFL. And the only Kurt guy that's really, Warner? Warner, yeah. The only guy that's really left is uh is Rogers, and who knows how much longer he wants to keep playing. I think he's got to keep playing until he beats San Francisco in a playoff game, but who who am I to think? Or get another ring at this point. But I mean, all, all the guys that we grew up watching are gone. And I, the NFL is in good hands. You know, you have Mahomes, Josh Allen, um, Herbert. Justin Herbert, the guy on the Bengals. Um, Joe Burr, don't you disrespect him, man. We'll get Trevor, into that later. Potentially Trevor Lawrence. Never. You know, um, nobody in this draft class, but Jalen Hurts. You know, yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> Dak? So yeah, you got that. You have good pl- quarterbacks. Yeah. Dak, um, and then even like the next echelon down, you got like guys like Carr, Tannehill, like oh the yeah, the Colts yeah. quarterback too. Yeah, who who the NFL is in decent decent hands. I mean, the sure. six or so guys are gone, but there's a new core of like six guys ascending, almost all in the AFC. I think Stafford is the last one now of that. Stafford that next was, pack. Yeah, like that middle time, like yeah. The, like the aforementioned, like, like, you, like you, na- you named all these future Hall of Famers, like Breeze, Roethlisberger, XYZ. That was like the first echelon. Now the second tier is like a Matt Stafford, who's still there. And yeah. he's going against now Joe Burr in the second. Yeah, like a Stafford, season. maybe like a Cousins or something. I would put Cousins um, that I don't really, there's not that many guys I can really consider. Um, but a lot of those quarterbacks are at Flacco was once, you know, towards the top as well. He's still in the league. I think he's a backup with the Jets now, but. Mm-hmm. like random guys like that. Um, and then even the guys that followed that, like Winston and Mariota and Blaine Gabbert and Bortles and guys like that were supposed to be good or no. Like, it's an interesting, it's crazy how quickly time, how slowly time passes, but how quickly things change. Yeah. The Bills quarterback who's a backup who was in Chicago. I can't think Trubisky. of it. Trubisky. Swaggy Mitch. Swaggy Mitch. The MVP. <laughs> it's just, uh, it's crazy. Do you have a favorite Brady moment? Because I really don't. Um, Aside from the fumble in the Super Bowl, I guess, obviously. Yeah, right. Um, Brady moment. I think the the most memorable one in this, my introduction into football, honestly, was uh, the snow game against the Raiders. Tuck rule. The tuck rule. I had no yeah. idea what was going on. I didn't know nothing about football. Yeah. So I'm thinking, oh, fumble. And then it was like, it felt like an hour of just television, of just deliberating. And then they figured out, oh, it wasn't a fumble. 
Yeah, my earliest that. my earliest memory of Brady is the Super Bowl against the Rams, really? which was his first one. I just remember that they won at the end because of Vinatieri, and that that became mm-hmm. like the thing. Vinatieri would kick the big kicks. Yeah, and I remember that was Summerall's final game. I didn't know his name or who he was, but I knew they were like, all right, the guy that sounds like this is leaving. And that was Madden's final game on Fox. Ah. So there were, you know, growing up, I now look back at the significance of that game. And that was the greatest show on turf. The Rams were favored by 14 points that day. Jesus. They were like the highest scoring offense like ever to that point. Beat the Eagles in the playoffs that year, which I'm pretty sure I watched that game. That was my first memory of Brady. And then people forget they kind of fell off his second year. They let Bledsoe leave. They sent him to the Bills. Um. And then I believe they missed the playoffs that year. The, the Patriots did. And then the following two years, they made the playoffs one Super Bowl, et cetera, et cetera. All these things have happened since, but my earliest Brady memory is definitely him in that Super Bowl. Cause I didn't really know much about the Pats. I knew who Kurt Warner was. I knew who Marshall Falk was, but I didn't know any of the Patriots going into that game, Isaac except Bruce. there was a, there was a guy named Vrabel on that team. I'm pretty sure yeah, that Vrabel. I knew of because of the name. So, <laughs> Who's also a coach now for Tennessee? Yeah, that, how's that work? A guy that Brady played with is now coaching against him. Insane, bro. Nuts. Um, yeah, that one and the battles with uh Peyton Manning were always nice in the AFC division or, or conference. Yeah. Um, yeah, Brady's goat. Like he is the top. He is basically the standard. He's the gold standard for football at this point. Yeah. Maybe even in sports because we got the seventh ring, which put him ahead of Jordan. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's interesting. So I was going to make this point. Mm-hmm. Um, growing up, and this is more of a personal thing, like you almost hate the guy that is number one. Yeah. Like I probably would have hated Jordan. For the longest time, I didn't really like LeBron a whole lot. When he went back to Cleveland, he became a little bit more likable. And then I started just like appreciating him. Yeah, Brady, the last two years, I really just appreciated him more than anything. I didn't really like him with the Pats at all. Kind of hated him. Yeah. And, and, and it's kind of what I've gotten to, like with the current stars in sports, you know, your LeBron's and your Durant's and um, like your Curry's. And then you look at football and it's like Mahomes, Rogers, you know, whoever else you want to put up there, Aaron Donald, I guess. Um, hockey, I guess it, it's still not a fan of Crosby, but like you appreciate him for what he is. And then He's Ovechkin and McDavid. Yeah. Damn. And then you look at uh, at baseball with Trout and like, a big gap. And then the rest of the league, like (laughs) I'm starting to enjoy watching the big guys play. Appreciate Because at at a certain point they're going to be gone. Like the thought of LeBron leaving the NBA is nuts. Can you imagine what a LeBron list NBA would look like? Uh, Definitely new teams. Like who would be the best player in the NBA? In the finals. Uh, Probably Giannis. Yeah, I guess so. Giannis would take that realm, but then it opens up the West. Yeah. And again, the Lakers aren't that good anyway this season, but when LeBron's on the court, usually the best player on the court is LeBron at his age on top of that. Um, so to kind of put a bow on the Brady thing, maybe the next episode we'll talk about potential replacements in Tampa. Mm-hmm. Uh, honestly, it feels like it's up in the air. We'll kind of dive into some of the options on uh, the Friday episode this week and see maybe who – you know who it might be, but I honestly, if you had a gun to my head right now, I would have no clue who takes over the Bucks. Because right now, it's I'm pretty sure it's Gabbert and uh, and Kyle Trask and Tampa. And I I doubt very highly they're going to go into the season with one of those two guys as a starter. 
I we'll mean, run, there's that we'll run down Rogers, yeah. but we'll run down that tomorrow. We'll run down the options. There's one name that comes to mind that I'll bring up tomorrow. Ooh. Um, that would be an interesting one, weird one, but I think it's possible. All right. I'm looking forward to that. I mean, best wishes to Tom Brady in his in future endeavors. I'm sure he'll crush it, whatever he does next. Maybe he'll be on uh, Eli's show on ESPN+. Plus. I wouldn't be surprised if he just falls out of the spotlight altogether. You That's hear it. about him a little bit, but like otherwise, not really. TMZ will be all over it. Yeah. All right. Um, over the weekend, we also had the NFL championship games. Boy, oh boy. Were these uh, fun games to watch? Relatively more so the AFC game than the NFC. Sports are fixed. <laughs> where do you, where would you like to start? Uh, where would you like to start? Well, first off, the fantasy. Mr. League. Mr. Cincinnati over here. Yeah. We'll get to my Bengals. But uh, the fantasy league that we're in. Rawr. Bro. We're trash. Both, we're both dead to rights in that league. Sitting Mahomes and Cup in that one game when they went maybe 80 points apiece. Just absolutely destroyed me. I'm at the bottom half. My only hope at this point is that T. Higgins is the only good player in the Super Bowl. <laughs> you know, and that and everyone above you does not have Higgins. And whoever has Stafford, he throws six picks. I'm the only player that has Higgins. I'm the only person in the league that has Higgins. That is your best shot to get to the top. My only shot. I'd see, that was the whole point. I picked him up in the first place. I said, you know, let me pick somebody up that nobody else has. Naturally, Jamar Chase is on a bunch of rosters. Mixon's oh. on a handful. I don't think either of us has an avenue to win unless Jamar oh, Chase breaks every record. No, because someone I know someone out there must have Burrow. So someone's. I think I think a couple people have Burrow. So right there alone, that's just death. But uh, yeah, we didn't do too hot in this year's fantasy league, so I will be relinquishing my title. So it was, nice, it was a nice uh, one year run, but yeah, you know, I I climbed to the top. You know, it was hard to get there, but I got there. I got to the peak. And it is hard to retain your belt. I found that out the hard way. So Joel is uh, is the Leicester City Football Club. Yes. Win it once and then fall nice. back to obscurity with the rest of us. A nice Cinderella story. I didn't know anybody but you on this league. Yeah. Everybody knew of each other. I come in as a rookie unknown. I am the Golden Knights. That's who I am. I am the Golden Knights. Came in. Just got blue the job doors, done, though. Got out and bowed out gracefully. Got out with your, with your, uh, your sanity. I was done so, after the divisional round. I didn't even look at the game. I was done the first week. I was I, th- I was like eighth in the standings, and then I realized there's not really a way for me to win. <laughs> so it was bad. Fun oh. while it lasted. My I, I did hope that uh, the Titans won because that would have helped me with Derrick Henry. But oh, you and me both. <laughs> yeah, the fantasy league was a That's a waste right. this time. I made another donation. Um. So the Bengals defeated the Chiefs on Sunday. Yes. Um. In, I don't want to call it shocking fashion, but certainly the way the game began. Mm. If you told me at halftime the Bengals were going to win, I would have told you you were nuts. Um, so the Chiefs were uh, what twenty-one to ten at halftime. Twenty-one to three, maybe twenty-one to ten. I think twenty-one to ten. And at, I think the turning point of that game, at least what gave Cincy a little bit of juice, was right before halftime. The Chiefs had no timeouts, and Mahomes makes. Not just for him, but for any quarterback, one of the worst decisions I've ever seen. 
and kind of like checked it down to Tyree Kill parallel to the line of scrimmage with nowhere to go and the time running out. Gets tackled in bounds with a couple seconds left. There's no way they can spike it in time. That gave Cincy, I think, a little bit of life. Um, they, so they started hot. Hill, Kelsey, um, and who was it? Hardman all scored. Hardman, yeah. Um, the Bengals got back in it with a touchdown, a screen pass to Smudge P. Ryan. Mm-hmm. Uh, Money Mac hit a field goal. 21-10 at the half with the Chiefs, I'm pretty sure, getting the ball to start in the second half. The Chiefs, all they could do was muster three points in the second half, and they were the final three points in the second half. Bengals come back. Um, I believe Chase scored a touchdown, and I forget who the other one was. It had to be Mixon, I guess, scored the other touchdown. Uh, no, it was Jamar Chase. That was it, because Jamar Chase, and then they went for two points. Oh, you're right. That's a good call. Yeah, and they, they, they went for two. Money back. Uh, basically went up 24 to 21. Yeah, they took the lead. And then Kansas City, like you said, scored only to force overtime, basically. They scored in met. spite of themselves. Yeah. Because if you remember that drive, yeah, they were in strike. They, they were on the 12. Mahomes runs in circles for 10 minutes and then gets tackled at like the 30. Butker had to bail him out. That was a pretty long field goal and pretty less than ideal conditions. And he, he nailed it. But, I mean, all the momentum seemed like it was on Bengals' side heading into overtime. Yeah. Now, I think- I think it was like a 30-something field goal, and then it ended up being 45 yeah. yards. Yeah, it would have been a 30 – well, it would have been like a – it would have been like a 27-yarder, I think, because they were on the 12-yard line. Oh, then, yeah. 29-yarder. Oh, no, it says 44-yard field goal, so yeah. Yeah, yeah Mahomes He's... got sacked for a big loss. Bengals, uh, baby. Unbelievable. And so let me ask you this. Did you watch the game as it was happening, or did you kind of see it after the fact? No, I was at work, but I was looking at the game cast on the big screen while we were working, and I was like – Shades of Buffalo. Here we yeah. go. So They're given come what back you, in overtime and win this game. Given what you knew, yeah. Um, when the Chiefs won the coin toss, did you think the game was over at that point? Yeah, one thousand percent. I was like, Shades I did of not. Buffalo. I did not. I I actually, I can find the texts. I said I wouldn't be surprised if Mahomes thro- turns the ball over again, <laughs> and he did. He threw one of the worst throws. Not even just the one he turned it over on, but the throw right before it, he was begging for it to be intercepted, and. Whoever it was, it was in coverage. It was, I think, either Wuzier or Apple or somebody. If it Apple was, an was the first one, I believe, and he missed so, it. So he, if he would have caught that, it would have been at six, and the game would have been out over. Jesus, man. And it would have been a bad beat for anybody that had the over. <laughs> right. <laughs> because even with the touchdown in overtime, they still wouldn't have hit it. They would have needed a field goal and then a touchdown. I mean, I did when I saw on the game cast. I looked at them, oh, this game's over. And I'm like, oh, wait, here comes Cincinnati. They have the ball. So I'm thinking, oh, I'll right, punt it. It wasn't until I got yeah. home and watched the highlights in its entirety. And I'm like, oh, sh-. Yeah, they he got threw some a first pick. downs. He threw a pick. And I'm like, so, and now at this point, since you all, all they have to do is hit Money Mac for the three points and they get out of there. It's they don't crazy. have to go for a touchdown. And even though, wild, wild even though they needed that, that uh, field goal to win it, they were driving down their throat in overtime. Oh, if they needed six, they would have gotten it. Oh, yeah. With ease. Like Joe Burrow took the ball and rushed it. I think he took maybe like a two-yard loss just to center it or put it to the right hash line yeah. for McPherson. Like they were driving yeah. down their throat at will. And with five minutes left, they could have easily gotten a touchdown and just really stomped it. But that's a smart decision right there. It goes up from the top to the bottom, coach and quarterback. Understanding gameplay, 
and understanding, look, our kicker is good. We put it in the right position. Let's get out of here. Yeah. Instead of what you just mentioned in the first half, where I don't know what their thought process was, the enemy, Reed, and Mahomes, but they got greedy. They must have thought they had a timeout. So during the first mm-hmm. half, there was an, a, a, an instance where Andy Reed called timeout mm-hmm. and then he challenged something. And I bet you he thought he still had the timeout because of the fact that he challenged it and he thought maybe he would get a timeout back for whatever reason, some sort of technical reason. And I bet you they thought they had a timeout because if you look at Mahomes, as soon as Tyreek Hill got tackled, he was signaling for a timeout, but he didn't have any. So they must have thought they had one at the end of the first half, and they just did. And that's, that's first of all, that's horrible communication on behalf of whoever it is that is. I'm, I'm assuming it's whoever calls the plays is the only one quarterback in here. But bad communication, one of those coaches, that's on, they all have the headset, and I would imagine they're all talking to each other. Yeah. Somebody has to point out that there, there's no timeouts. But they got to go, look, there's 15 seconds left. you got no timeouts. you got to get this to the end zone or out of bounds. I mean, if any team knows, they should know it because they have 13 against the Bills. And it's, they should know better. Um, and it's Andy Reid, who's always yeah. had issues with clock management until maybe used all of his clock management abilities last week. Because <laughs> right. he had all three timeouts of the minute left in the Bills game. Jesus, I know, right? Uh, I, it was just, it was just weird. It it falls on Reed at the end of the day, the head coach, or and you know Mahomes too. You're under center or wherever he was. You look at the clock. You make the smart decision. Throw it away at that point. Also, if you look at the clock next to it, usually it tells you how many timeouts are left. Usually, I don't know how their stadium is. Yeah, their, their stadium's kind of older looking. With but the they're at home. Screen. They're at home as well, so he should know exactly where it is. Yeah. If anything. Let me ask you this. Yeah. Let's say the ball bounces differently on the previous Sunday and the Bills win. Are the, are we talking about the Bills going to the Super Bowl right now? Or are we talking about the Bengals going to the Super Bowl? Damn. I don't know. Because the Bengals have this confidence. They have this swag. They feel like they're untouchable. Or, you know, they can beat anybody. And Bills in big games have come up short. But they're at home, and it probably would have been a tremendous snowstorm down there. And granted, if they had had they beat the Chiefs, they would have had a big game win. Yeah, true. But that would have been a big down letdown, you know, a big letdown from a big week, you know. For, yeah, true. A little emotional. bit of really emotional, yeah. So, and then here come the Bengals storming in, ready to go with their fake quarterback. How dare you, sir? Hey, man, this man has veneers. He has real gold on his chain. He does have real gold on his chain. <laughs> he makes too much money not to have uh tell you what the fake ones that Bengals team is a perfect example of like ignorance is bliss because mm-hmm. they're ignorant to the moment they're just like look i mean obviously burrow and chase and the uh the offensive lineman that went to lsu they all have been in big moments before but not in the nfl yeah like even the guys that have been on that team for a while like jesse bates um uh sam hubbard uh like guys that have been in the league like uh uzama's been around a little while boyd like they, they've been in the league a while, but like none of these guys have really been in a big spot in the NFL. Um, I would have to look at the roster. I'm sure Wuzier has been in the playoffs before. Apple, I'm pretty sure, has been in the playoffs. For sure. I think Benny is saying you're missing somebody yeah. as well. Trey Hendrickson, I think, is on the defensive line. With the, he was wherever the Saints. These guys are kind of just like, hey, look, it's a big moment, but like, why are we going to put pressure on ourselves just to psych ourselves out? Like, no, we're, we're, we're good. We're going to be fine. And I think that's kind of what is. You know, that's like the culture there is like, look, why not us versus the Chiefs where going into that game, all of the pressure in the universe was on them. Nobody was putting pressure on the Bengals. Fans were just like, this is cool. Look, there's four teams left. One of them's ours. And yeah, right. The, the Chiefs, meanwhile, four AFC title games in a row all at home. 
and only two wins in those games to show for it, and only one Super Bowl win to show for it. And a read textbook out of Philadelphia, so not surprising and here. You look at Mahomes' last three playoff losses. The first one, that loss against the Patriots was kind of a you know a rough one because he never got to touch the ball in overtime. The loss against the Bucks, they were severely outplayed, and he was running around in circles pretty much most of the game. Mm-hmm. And then this one, toward the end, he was running around in circles and completely out of sorts. I think when halftime happened and then the first um, couple – I figured it was the first possession in the third quarter. Maybe it was the second one for them. Yeah. He throws that interception. I think his confidence went right out the window. I, do you think it was like a little bit of the juice came out after that first – that end of the first half where they missed it, miscommunication, they didn't get the touchdown, they didn't get points, and then a little bit of that confidence. Like, look, we're running down their throat 21 to 10. We could have easily had – 28 or 24 to 10 like all right and it's you know you're bravado you're at home yeah the best fans in the world quote unquote loudest stadium Mahomes, hill kelsey and a young quarterback you're thinking all right we got this and we're just already thinking super bowl and then you get punched in the mouth and they did not know how to respond because Mahomes looked like kyler murray out there in that one game looked scared out of not scared but just running around just cut off and just threw two interceptions like that. Yeah. And I think it it's um, uncharacteristic. It's you're it right. felt weird. I agree. Um, I think it for him anyway. And I guess I'm trying to think of the best way to put this. Mm-hmm. But it seems like he he kind of got away from you know, he, he got too cute with it. Yeah. And he tried too much. Try too hard to do too much. And all season long, all you've been hearing it. If you watch the Bills game and the the game before that, who was who did they play before that? Um who did they play the week before the Bills? I can't remember. Dude. Not Titans. Oh, dude. Let me see. Got you, King. I got you. Oh, they beat the Steelers. So the, <sighs> Down the stretch, all you heard about was how Mahomes is not taking these big shots. He's doing five yards per attempt. He's kind of just taking what's underneath, taking what the defense gives him. In this game, he did that a little early, but then as the game went on, he was trying way too much to do. He was trying way too hard to just do too much. And I think that's ultimately what did him in. So Bengals, you know, realized he wasn't just going to go with the underneath routes and go short. He wanted these big home run plays and they weren't connecting. I, mean, I need to see the game because I didn't see it, but I'm pretty sure they locked down Kelsey and Hill, especially well, Kel- Hill. Kelsey Hill had, had a good game. Kelsey had 95 and a touchdown. So it, maybe toward the end they did. Hill, I think in the second half, only had one touch. And you know, Eli Apple's going to talk his talk on Twitter, yeah, so on and so forth. But I think Kelsey balled out. Um, Hill probably could have been able to do more had you know they not been neutralized the second half. Um I think they, you know, the Chiefs got greedy. Greedy, and then this is Andy Reid again. I don't know. Something about yeah. these championship games is just a little more tense, a little bit uncharacteristic, and it's just like, what was me? Here yeah. we go again. You put it here. He's three and six in championship games. He lost four in Philly, and he lost two in KC. He won one here and won two there. Yes. Um, what, what's two? The, two or three Super Bowl appearances? Three. That? He's uh, one Four and two. Deep. So I mean, that's the old saying: pigs, pigs get fat, and hogs get slaughtered. So, Chiefs got greedy and it bit him in the butt. 
good way to put it. Now the next game I didn't see much of, so yeah, I don't have as much to say about it. But uh, the Rams beat the Niners twenty to seventeen. Fred had a big game, three thirty-seven, two touchdowns and a pick. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo, two thirty-two, two touchdowns and an interception. Debo Samuel did pretty much everything he possibly could to get that team right. in as far as he did. Odell Beckham Jr., nine catches, 113 yards. Cooper Cup, um, 11 catches for 142 and a pair of touchdowns. Um, Brandon Ayuk did okay. Kittle did nothing. Um, aside from maybe score. That one the one touchdown out of the Rams. Yeah, the Rams finally slayed the dragon. Yeah, right. This is uh this is their kryptonite all year long. Um now this is the second time in I think in the at least in the modern era. Mm-hmm. Probably second time ever that a team is playing a Super Bowl in its own home stadium. Um, ironically enough, the Rams who can't get their own fans to show up to their games are actually the road team for this game because uh, last so it alternates year to year. So last year the NFC was home, previous year AFC was home. So the AFC is home this year, and the Bengals I believe are wearing black jerseys um, for the game. So the Rams are in the home stadium, but technically the road team. And they were basically the road team last weekend because the Niners fans <laughs> took over that stadium again. <laughs> I, and also it's LA too. And, and it's the Super Bowl. Super Bowl usually caters to the casual and the, the superstars, the celebs, you know, the high rollers. It's not really for the casual fans. I'm not going to be sitting there watching some dumb halftime show half the time. Yeah, that's the halftime show at least will be fun. But oh, dude, it's gonna be electric. It's gonna be great. So it's um, it's that Eminem. Yeah. While we're on the subject, Eminem, Dr. Dre, Snoop, Snoop Dogg, Dogg, Kendrick, Kendrick Lamar, and Mary J. Uh, Blige. Love it. Love and it, a special love surprise it. appearance by uh, Logan Paul. No, I'm kidding. Um, Cardi B. Yeah. Whatever. So the Rams. <laughs> um, they kind of. It, weirdly enough, it did feel like the Rams were never going to lose this game. And at, at, at no point during this game, because I had it on, I wasn't watching it as intently. Yeah. Um. It never felt like the Niners were going to win, which is a weird thing because uh, I know sometimes it, you, people say that because they want to sound smart. Oh, I never thought the team that lost was going to was going to win that game. It never felt like the Rams were not in at least some sort of control. I saw a little bit of it from the the highlights. Again, I couldn't see it. For me, from the highlights, it looked like San Francisco. We're pushing, 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 and then boom, and the sap of a finger, either miscommunication, it'd just be like fourth down, fourth down, fourth down. And Debo did all he could, like you said, read up the stats. But uh, Garoppolo was not good. He was below average, the normal. Uh, and he literally gave that game away at the end, literally. Yeah. And Brutal. I mean, he tried to make something out of nothing, but hey. But you got to um, know the situation where you're in and who is tackling you, who's sacking you in this moment, and that is Aaron Donald. Throwing it away like that, you're causing it either a fumble or obviously what happened in an interception. You didn't give your team a chance to win it. You basically yeah. threw it away, literally. So it was pretty and bad. That, and that could be his final game there. Um, yeah. So you have a thought on Cooper Cup. Yes. And I'm fascinated to hear it. Because I saw this, saw this game, and – his stat, 11 receptions for 142 yards and two touchdowns. I believe he has all the records this year for wideouts this season. Now, has he always been this good? Or was golf that bad 
of a quarterback not to, you know, put him and him as in Cup in this position where he is. Granted, they had Robert Woods, and it felt like it was Woods and Cup back and forth. And look, Woods was the primary target, and Cup was the secondary wideout. Yeah. Was Cup always this good, and we just didn't see it? Because McVay was there. I believe O'Connell was there as well, unless they had another offensive coordinator at the time. Like Cup all of a sudden is now just blowing up? Or is it I mean, because the rules, it's more catered to offense, so he gets away with murder more so now than before? I think it's a perfect storm of uh, things. So obviously Stafford is a massive upgrade over Goff, not just physically, but also like conceptualizing the game and seeing things before they happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, he seems to have a good you know, relationship with McVay, whereas McVay kind of soured on Goff toward the end. Yeah, a little bit. Um, and in the Super Bowl, it was very obvious they couldn't win with them. Um, you know, early on, Cup was uh, his rookie year, what I think was 17. He showed flashes and he he kind of emerged as like a number two or number three receiver. And then going forward, he was just like a stellar guy. Last year showed more flashes and then this year just kind of took off. Um, I, I'm sure the rules definitely benefit him, but I think just having a better quarterback and also kind of getting to that point, like, you know, year, year three or year four for a quarterback is a big year. I think for a wide receiver, it's also pretty big because you're coming closer to your you know, your physical prime. Yeah. And I think he's just been, he's just been ascending at the same rate to where whenever, you know, when they got Stafford kind of coincided with him kind of coming into his own. So I think it's a, a combination of everything. Because he's been dominant all season long and not no defense really has shut him down. Yeah. And now we're in the postseason, and, and I be honest, I was not confident in Matthew Stafford down the stretch in the regular season or heading to the playoffs. I felt yeah. like he was going to turn over the ball and cost his team again. And he shut me down yeah. up until this point. I'm a believer in Matt Stafford. He's in the right place at the right time, the right team, the right coach. He's in the perfect storm. Granted, the Rams organization gave up everything, their future basically, like to win now. They don't have another pick till 2024, so it should all pay off, but Look at the stats. 145 receptions, first wide out yep. all year. Under 2,000 yards receiving. 16 touchdowns. This king right here, and he gets, what, 13.4 yards per reception. Not even the yak. I don't even know where the yak is, but it's got to be a lot. He has been just dominant. That's why I pose the question, has he always been this dominant? Or is it because the, the rules and the quarterback play because the defense changes every week, but everyone knows you have to stop Cup. Yet they can't stop Cup. I mean, it's a, it's an interesting thought. I think definitely it's it's a really just a combination of him, you know, reaching that the physical prime and that peak, so to speak. It's crazy to think he was born in '93, only two years older than me. Um, he, he coming into a, a point in his career where he is confident, comfortable. Um, now, worth noting. Yeah, he was targeted 191 times this year, which is 57 more than the next highest number of any game that he's played in his career or any season he's played in his career. Yeah. Um, his first year he played all 16 games was uh, only started six of them. I'm sorry, 15 games only started 15. six. Um, second year he was injured for a little while, only played eight games. Keep in mind also this is the first time they played 17 games in a season. Yeah, but he's had 800 yards or more in four of his five seasons. The only one not 
having that much was the second year in the pros. So, I mean, getting force fed the ball hundred, almost 200 times is says a lot. Stafford definitely felt more confident in him. However, at the same time, you're targeted that often. You're usually beating your man. So, or they're running plays to get you open. So I, I think it's a, it's a combination of just realizing they can open up the offense too with a, a you know, a, a more legitimate quarterback. I think Stafford is one of those few guys that can really make every single throw. You know, it, I understand there are 32 starting quarterbacks, maybe 35 ish that could be starters. Yeah. And only like maybe 10 that are elite. Stafford can make every throw. And I think that benefits a guy like cup who is seemingly somebody that can run every route on the tree. So I think it's more of a, a, a better match between him and Stafford with McVay as opposed to him with Goff and Stafford just having willingness to throw. You notice with these veteran quarterbacks, they they're more willing to lean on the number one guy yeah. even when there's not much there. So I guess yeah. that's kind of a little bit what that is. I mean, and also it, it helps that you have a Van Jefferson or an OBJ on the other mm-hmm. side to take off the looks because yeah. if you do cover cup, OBJ is going to beat you. And he had a phenomenal game too in his uh, debut in the championship game. And now yeah. he's going to the bowl for the first time. And not that I'm a big OBJ guy, but I don't think they're where they are right now without him, especially oh, yeah, considering sure. Woods got hurt. Woods is still healthy. I don't think Beckham makes a big of a difference, but Beckham coming to that team and being, you know, good for them is a, a big step for them. Um, wasn't it, wasn't Deshaun Jackson on this team at the start of the season that he yeah. left to go to Oakland? Yeah, he wasn't happy enough. And then the departure of Jackson led the opening to OBJ, and then Woods gets hurt literally after OBJ yeah. gets there. So how crazy how the worlds uh, crazy collide there. Let's take a sneak peek at the Super Bowl itself. Um, okay. So the Bengals are technically the home team. Rams are currently minus four and a half, minus two hundred on the money line. Bengals are plus 168. They've been dogs in every single game this postseason. Actually, no, aside from the uh, the Raider game. Um, mm-hmm. Over under 48 and a half. Uh, you have a couple of props you like right off the bat. And these lines and props are all at the time of recording right now with what, like a little under two weeks left yeah. or a week left into the Super Bowl. About what, uh, nine days until the Super Bowl? Something like that. Um, yeah, some of the TTVs that I saw were like the score decided by exactly three points. I, I yeah, if you say yes, <laughs> it's a plus four ninety. I just realized you put Bengals versus Cup for the Super Bowl matchup. I did not put that there. I did not. Did I, I thought you that? wrote that. I think I don't think that. I don't think I put that there. I didn't do any of this. I just I'm, fill in the the stats. Maybe it was a Freudian slip. I'm sorry. <laughs> but the uh, Bengals versus the Los Angeles Dams. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was really. I thought it was you. I'm like, all right, cool. Uh, but yeah, like the game decided by three, exactly three points. Because I'm thinking McPherson or Gay, whichever. That is his. Yeah, right. Gay is the quarterback. Um, yes. No, Stafford's married. Oh, damn, I didn't know that. My bad. <laughs> I, uh, yes. Yeah. Matt Matthew, Matthew. Matt Gay is the uh, the the Matt Gay and Matt Stafford kicker. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Not the this same was, person, by the way. Yeah. Right. This one was an interesting one, and I think I would put maybe 50 bucks on this. No lie. No cap right here. No hat. Both, yeah, no hat. Both to score one touchdown each half. It's a yes plus 128. What do you feel I about that? It feels low. I feel like you've had that wager before, and it's been like it burned plus me 450. It burned me every time, though. Now it'll hit. Yeah, right. Stafford, they have Stafford two and a half on touchdowns. He threw three last week. That's a plus 148 right there. And last one, Cup, 
two touchdowns plus 280. Jamar Chase, two touchdowns plus 650. Some of those TTBs that I like. I would say Bengals to win the game. But that, well, I'm not ready to make a decision yet. Yeah, it's early. Um, we'll dive into know. next week for sure. Yeah, I'm going to dive into some props over the week. Uh, you can bet the coin toss. You can bet the color of the Gatorade the coach gets joust with. You can bet the MVP of the game. Um, if a fat man gets a touchdown. Yeah, ju- just so people know, Aaron Donald is not like in the top four for odds for MVP. Only one defensive player has won MVP of a Super Bowl the last 20 years, and yes. that was Von Miller, his current teammate. Aaron Donald very well could win MVP. I think that might be worth a sprinkle or two. For sure. Um, I'm sorry, go right ahead. I don't know. I got nothing. <laughs> I was going to suggest jumping into this. Yeah. Um, some NFL coaching news. Brian Flores suing the National Football League. He had a full interview on Get Up, which I assume you did a little bit of research on because I don't remember it. Um, I, didn't, I didn't remember it much either. Okay, but. so he, he did an interview on Get Up. Um, yeah. That's it. He was there. He talked. They asked him questions. He responded. Um, I believe he was there with his uh, lo- two lawyers or one lawyer and attorney. I don't know. Yeah, he was also on CBS yesterday. Uh, I heard Nate Burleson's voice, so I think it was CBS. Mm-hmm. Um, did a little bit of. Re- uh, they asked him a little bit about how he went into the Giants interview knowing he wasn't going to get the job, and he felt like humiliated by it. Um, the interview. I'm sorry. The text messages with uh, Bill Belichick were Belichick. Um, if you're not familiar with Jesus. the situation, basically congratulated him on getting the job. He said, "Sounds like the Giants." have you they really want you and then he realized halfway through the conversation he meant to text um brian dable and this is three days prior to when flores was set to meet with them so he kind of went into that with his pants down like the (laughs) heck am i doing here um he's also suing three nfl teams he says that when he went to interview with the broncos in 2019 this is when they uh they hired fangio to be the head coach um, Elway and the CEO, John Elway was a GM and CEO arrived late to the meeting, had been drinking heavily the night prior. Elway kind of tried to shoot it down and save face. He's probably going to be gone anyway. They're probably selling that team also. Yeah. So it's probably good. Um, it's, it's not good for their stock. Oh, no, not at all. But he said he traveled late the prior night. It's just weird. All of this is kind of adding in his favor. Um, what do you think is going to happen next? It's going to be a drawn out process. Nothing's going to happen. Um, I think they push this as far down the road as they can because they don't want anything to happen before the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, Also worth noting, Miami's ownership offered him $100,000 to lose games on purpose um, two years ago because they won a number one pick. Ironically enough, that was the year that supposedly, yeah, supposedly um, uh, when they drafted Tua, Flores was upset because he wanted Herbert. And yeah. that's ultimately what we were told was the reason for his departure is he never saw eye to eye with Tua and he never saw eye to eye with ownership, but maybe it would have all been alleviated had they gotten number one pick and drafted Burrow instead. I mean, Flores looks like a genius now. If that, were, if that is the case, like he yeah. wanted Burrow, not Tua, and look where you are now. Burrow is basically one went away from being a world champion in his second year. And Flores has a winning record, I believe, in Miami. Turn that culture around, especially late in the season. He got whatever he could out of uh, Tua. Imagine if what he could have done with uh, a capable quarterback or a organization that had his full back. But these are this is he said versus he said. We don't really know what yeah. went on. These I are mean, just kind of messages. And we've really only gotten his side of the story to this point as well. 
And everybody, this, the old saying is you get, there's three sides to every story, each party's side and then the truth. Yeah. Who knows what's going to happen? I mean, I like how now coaches are coming out like Hugh Jackson, uh, formerly of the coach of the Cleveland Browns, I believe. Who should be the world's richest man. Yeah, because he alleges the same thing happened in Cleveland that I would guess ownership or whoever were trying to tank and try except, to pay him for lo- losing games. Except so. he didn't really have to try that hard. Miami, they, they won some games down the stretch that year that in spite of themselves, Hugh Jackson could have just shown up and gone through the motions. They would have gotten their butts kicked in Cleveland. <laughs> they got the guy they wanted anyway when they got the one pick with Baker and the previous um, year with Miles Garrett. So, I mean, it's, it is just what it sad. Is. it's just sad overall. And it's a black eye on the, on the league. I mean, it's always been kind of low key races. It's just now coming out now to the forefront yeah. and the timing is impeccable. Super Bowl's on its way. The biggest eyes are on it. Cause now I saw on YouTube, a clip. I think he, uh, Flores was on NBC with uh, Chris Hayes, like political show. And they're talking yeah. about this. So this is getting national recognition. Yeah. This is going to get bigger and bigger. I think this has legs to be, Maybe not to the same magnitude, but similar to the Kaepernick stuff. Exactly. And if you don't see no correlation between those two and NFL, and you are deaf, dumb, and blind because there's clearly something going on here. Now, They're my, just shoveling it down the throat. My question to you, and the last thing I want to do is really discuss race or politics or yeah, you know anything that can polarize the audience. But I think that anybody who's mature can understand that we're not turning this into a race thing. It's just it happens to be you know related to it. Mm-hmm. Do you think the Rooney rule is good for football or do you think it's just a big sham? Because I have two schools of thought on this and I want to hear yours first, especially as a minority. Mm. Um, So yesterday on 97.5, Tyrone Johnson, who is the producer of the midday show had the point where like, look, there are a lot of white people who are CEOs and executives in general for these teams. And it's becoming almost like, you know, the, the country club where whoever, you know, is how you're going to get in. Not You're not getting in based on merit. Like Jeffrey Lurie's yeah. taking his son with him to the senior bowl. Or I don't even know if Jeffrey's there. He sent his son to the senior bowl. You just have to know people. And like the Shanahan's have kind of ascended that way. Like coaches and so on and so forth. He said, when you are around certain people your entire life, you're more inclined to hire people that look like them and speak like them, which is probably why all these you know rich white executives and ownership groups are hiring white head coaches versus black ones. My question to you about the Rooney rules, do you think it's good for football or do you think it's just a, a, a you know, bad, I, like a bad excuse for, you know, racial parity? I really, I don't know. I mean, I didn't really, honestly, I didn't really know what the Rooney rule was entirely before this. I yeah. just heard of it. It's becoming more and more prevalent, although it's always exactly. been kind of there. I mean, it's, you just go to the Todd Bowles is interviewing with this team and, Leslie Frazier's interviewing with this team, but they don't really, they, obviously it's going to be Lincoln Roth. So the, the Rooney rule is, has been amended in years past. Actually, I think a year ago before it was, you had to inter- interview at least one minority candidate yeah. for the job. Mm-hmm. Um, and now it's, you have to do two minority candidates that from outside the organization. So the giants, for instance, I believe interviewed Leslie Frazier. Um, they also interviewed Patrick Graham, who is their current defensive coordinator, but however, he doesn't count in the algorithm or whatever. Yeah. So they brought in Flores, um, the Eagles, when they were doing their search, I think this was before the rule had changed. They interviewed Deuce, um, you know, so on and so forth. I think the rule, the idea behind the rule is really good. Yeah. In that Tomlin got the job in Pittsburgh because they were so blown away by him that it's like, hey, let's give minorities a chance. Yeah. Um, we, 
the league is 75% black player wise. Let's be real. I think there more are, than that. There, at least there's one a black head coach. There are five black offensive coordinators, and 11 black defensive coordinators. And then you also have some other minorities built like in there with like guys like Robert Sala. And um, yeah, I'm sure there are some Hispanic. I, I don't, I, Chris Richard fits in there somewhere. Um, it, it's great from the standpoint that it gets guys interviews that maybe otherwise wouldn't have got them. Masashi. However, yeah, uh, David Cully, you get to the point now where th- this is what I don't like about it is teams are just doing it because they have to. Yeah, that's what I don't like. Yeah, he got the interview because they had to do it. They already had their their eyes set on Vader as the coach with Dable. <laughs> and who knows if the Eagles, I mean, it seems like Sirianni was a late hire, so they probably don't want him anyway. But yeah. and teams like that that are are looking at coaches like as soon as Gruden became available a couple of years ago, the oh. Raiders said, all right, he's going to be our guy. Yeah. I don't know who they interviewed if they did, uh, but whoever they interviewed was just like, it was a formality. It was like, Hey, you're going to this interview knowing they don't want you basically. And People I think like- that's the bad part behind it is, you know, I, I don't think it's bad necessarily to go into an off season and say, hey, I really want this coach to be my guy. Yeah. Like um, when, when Tony Dungy was, or I'm sorry, was it Tony? When Tony Dungy was let go by the, the uh, Bucks in the early 2000s, the Colts ownership basically decided he's our guy no matter what. We're going to interview him. We're going to bring him in. So anybody else that got an interview was just like there because, you know, we had to make it look like we are interviewing numerous candidates. So that's where I don't, that's what I don't like about this. And I think it's, it's good for the league to have more minority candidates and more minority head coaches because so many of the players can relate to them. Yeah, whether it be culturally, personality-wise, or experience-wise, especially if the league has always been more minority than white, chances are more minority coaches will have experience having played in the league versus guys who maybe never played. I don't think Sirianni ever played football. Like, mm, I don't know. Not in the NFL, know. anyway. Not, not in the NFL for sure. So it's 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 bad for the league. Yeah, and I they agree. keep leaning on this whole Tomlin thing. Like Mike Tomlin's been around for twenty. He's the only one. How much does it really matter? Yeah, right. Um, you already mentioned Tony Dungy, successful head coach. Levy Smith. Herm Edwards. Herm Edwards. Um, but, like, look, I can only name a handful. Mike Singletary. Yeah, and Hugh Jackson. Yeah, you can name as many as you want. It doesn't – but the fact is you're naming them because they stand out so much. You could, If you – I asked you to name all the, you know, the majority oh, head coaches. Yeah. There would be so many you wouldn't even remember any. Exactly. Um. I like the idea behind it. Give them, give, give some minority a chance. Yeah. And, and it's nothing wrong with, oh, Vic Vangio is, is available. I'm going after him. Exactly. Or XYZ is available. I'm going yeah. after him. Because more after, more times than not, it works out. Tony Dungy, Gruden to an extent before his whole deal came out. Yeah, the Gruden basically. thing was weird, though, because he had been pursued for so long and but, rumored for so long. Yeah, but they went after the guy they wanted. They got him. Brought exposure. New stadium, yeah. the new look, everything was basically coming together, and then the whole thing blew up in its At, face. Yeah. Um, and and I never liked the the hire of Nick Sirianni because you had Deuce in house who was yeah well loved in Philadelphia. I would have been fine with that. You know, I, I like Sirianni now, sure, but like yeah. Deuce was there, ready and willing to take that head coaching job. Especially Played here, Peterson. coached here under two different coaching umbrellas, and he had a relationship with the players yeah. that were there, and then yeah. he just gave him the interview. Basically, because of the Rooney rule, then it ended up, I guess, before or after the rule change, that yeah. it didn't count anyway because he was in-house. The, the one sucked. inconsistency that I don't love 
um, aside from, you know, what we already touched on is this is the only portion of the sport where this is a thing. You go into free agency. Yeah. And let's say the Bucks two years ago, they knew they wanted Tom Brady. They're not bringing in Blaine Gabbert and Mike Lennon and all these other guys because they have to talk to other guys. If you have your sights set on one guy, that's fine. But I think it's still a good look for the franchise to interview guys. But it's weird that they make you, they're forcing you to do something when it, you're kind of wasting the candidate's time. Yeah. Like, like how many times is BNB going to get interviewed this offseason because he's the number one obvious minority option available it's ridiculous knowing full well that the bears the jags the saints the dolphins are all going to hire guys they want anyway and they probably have a number one candidate in mind and it's unlikely that things can change i just don't like that you have someone as respected and like well known as the enemy let's just say right let's just take him for example yeah who's been in the league top tier team as well with kansas city yeah calling plays too. calling plays and yet he doesn't get the job because, oh, ownership and management likes a guy from college who yeah. hasn't really proven himself in the NFL at all or hasn't even played in the NFL, but because it looks nice in college and yeah. it's the hot young new assistant or an assistant from like McVay's tree, yeah, which is not a bad tree to pick off. It's like Andy Reid's tree, right? Yeah. But you have enemy right there, give him a shot because yeah, he but- has as much NFL head coaching experiences as the assistant coach that you're hiring in Dallas, let's say. Especially- like, Helen, like Helen Moore. Like, yeah, I don't get and, it. and look, look at Andy Reid. Uh, two consecutive years, his offensive coordinator was hired as a head coach. Doug Peterson, uh, only a year removed from no wide receivers having scored a touchdown on the Chiefs, hired yeah. to Philly. Nagy moves up from QB coach or whatever to offensive coordinator. Boom, goes to, goes to Chicago. Both those guys ran in success pretty early. Yeah. Uh, 12 wins for the Bears in Nagy's first year, a Super Bowl in the second year for Peterson. Bianami moves up. Andy Reid gets better. He goes to the Super Bowl, wins a freaking Super Bowl, and Bianami can't get an interview. Or can't get a gig. It's it weird. weird. It's something um, there. Something let's there. move to something yeah. that won't be as uh, aggravating. The Raiders have hired Josh McDaniels until oh. he backs out like he did at the last gig. <laughs> the Giants have hired Big Van Vader as their... I didn't know Mike Kafka was the uh, the QB coach. And that's another one. Mike Kafka gets a job somewhere else, but the enemy can't. The quarterback uh, coach of the Kansas City Chiefs gets yeah. an offensive coordinating job. What is going on out here? He's going to hate going from working with Mahomes to working with Daniel Jones. <laughs> Now, Nathaniel Hackett, this one, is this chess being played by the Broncos, bringing in the uh, the former Green Bay offensive coordinator to try to get Rodgers and Adams? Or do the – he was a fast – he was a quickly ascending coordinator in football, but you think that was their uh, their plan to bring him in? This is 4D chess right here, my man. This is so. all in on Rodgers, and they're going to sell this organization once they get Rodgers. Vikings are going to hire Rams offensive coordinator Kevin O'Connell probably as soon as the Super Bowl is over. Oh yeah. Oh, it's already Jim Harbaugh. Yeah, Harbaugh told um, the the athletic director, I believe, at uh, Michigan, that this is just going to happen every year. It's going to be rumored, which leaves the Dolphins, Texans, Bears, Jags, and Saints as the teams that don't have anybody right now. And the Saints interviewed Doug Peterson, who is a good friend of Sean Payton, which leads me to my story. Yes, the story that's been building for two weeks now. We teased this. So, did you know that Uh the Saints were close to trading Sean Payton? To the Cowboys a couple of years ago before they hired McCarthy. Yes. So I, I vaguely remember a, a first ever coach trade, and I was like, "What? Can they do that?" Did you know that mm-hmm. the reason that didn't happen is because of Anthony Davis's trade demand? So, boy, <laughs> so Gail Benson owns both the Pelicans and the Saints. The Saints GM Mickey Loomis 
uh, was also the executive vice president of basketball operations with the Pelicans. Uh-huh. So the, the deal was when this, when the playoffs ended, yeah, the saints were going to trade Peyton to the Cowboys. Cowboys were going to go through the Rooney rule too. They had to interview guys. They didn't want, they were to trade him to the, to the Cowboys. However, when Anthony Davis requested his trade and started sitting out, the GM and the vice president of uh, basketball operations did not want their names to be tied to both things happening at the same time in New Orleans. So that put a halt to the Sean Payton move, kept him in uh, New Orleans, and led to Mike McCarthy getting hired by the Cowboys. So Anthony Davis indirectly, or maybe even directly, is responsible for Sean Payton still, well, not act, not there anymore, but not going to the Cowboys. Being more miserable in New Orleans than he has been. Yeah. Staying in there two, three years longer. And watching the guy who made this happen go to LA and get a ring. Wow. In a bubble. This is craziness. Um, I did not know that. Good story. Real quick, let's touch on the Sixers. Uh, They beat the the Grizzlies and then they lost to the Wizards. The Wizards had lost seven consecutive games. And Mm. then they won... Both the their most recent one was against Sixers and they beat him again. Kuzma twenty four and seven the other night. Dinwiddie Dinwiddie had a triple double. Yeah, dude, your oh triple God. double barely the triple double. He got the uh, Tobias Harris the biggest L of that game. Not looking up and realizing <laughs> Maxi was open ahead of him for dude, a fast break at the end. I have a clip that someone I think Barcel slowed the the, oh, the yeah. tape down. Yeah, did the Sixers win? Slowed it down and um oh posted it to Twitter. Embiid had a decent game, not good enough. Kuzma dunked on him the last time they played, and then blocked him yesterday. So Kuzma apparently is the new Al Horford. <laughs> uh, Maxi played well. He's been great lately. Uh, I've been know. thrilled with him. Tobias Harris has been up and down. Uh, he was fine for a while, and then he's back in the doghouse after his last performance. <laughs> Tis Thibel played what thirty five minutes, had three points. Shit, Brutal. performance. Um, I mean, I ragged on Danny Green, but Thibel, that is fucking putrid right there. Yeah. Three points. Thibel's brutal. Sure, he's like Ben Simmons. Well, he does defense work, yeah, but three points, my guy? Yeah. Mm. So do you think that they should start one of Niang or Isaiah Joe and keep Danny Green and Thibel on the bench? I think start them both. Give me some start fresh. Both. Give me Give me something fresh. This is the, Regular season is the time to see what lineups you can do give these guys a chance if it wasn't for redacted sitting out we would have no shot in hell of knowing what how capable how good yeah. maxi would be and how he has progressed throughout the season damn it i would say he should win or be at least a close running for most improved player this he's year he's probably up there for sure um, my goodness what a sophomore year so Embiid is now the favorite to win mvp he's plus 200 as of this morning you're welcome people. um I got him at plus a thousand a few weeks ago. I got him plus six hundred. Um, we'll jump real quick into the Ramona Shelbourne thing. Yeah, let's go for it. Um, Redacted said we don't give an expletive about the money, um, about the fines. Ramona Shelbourne had a story the other night, the other day that broke. She also had an interview on 97.5 where she compared. So she basically said um, Simmons is blaming Embiid for kind of it. It's his newest excuse. You know, he, he got thrown under the bus after game seven, but Embiid didn't take any blame after the Raptor series. You did Embiid, wonder, you did wonder what his next excuse would be. And here yeah, he goes. He, he listens goes. to the podcast. Embiid Thank was you. a plus 90 in that series. Embiid, Zaire Smith, and Jimmy Butler were the only plus players in that series. Simmons was like a minus 20. Um, so Shelburne compared it to a relationship where the person doing the dumping wants to be wanted. 
<laughs> she believes that this is why Redacted is saying these things. So for what it's worth, Shelburne is not like Windhorse where he, she's kind of in the pocket of ESPN or certain players. She also has a good relationship with Embiid. So I don't think she would publish something without at least a little bit of information. Yeah. Um, she said Redacted still has a little bit of contact with the team. The door is open for them to speak to one another, but he's not emotionally ready to come back. She wonders if the fans would welcome him back. Um, <laughs> if he, you know, responds publicly. Um, the story basically said that he was mad and beat through him under the bus, but didn't take any blame after the Toronto series. And then um, apparently Ben went to some gym in California, one of the Sixers to come meet him there. They didn't do it. Um, it it's a bunch of malarkey. To be honest. I, I'm so tired of talking about it at this point. I just want him gone, which is uh, why I bring up the Bradley Beal rumor. Yes. Ironically, as they were about to face the, ra- the um, Wizards, Wizards, the Bradley Beal rumor was that the Sixers did not want to trade Thibel in a move to get him. Do you think that is fair? Now, Maxi, I would assume, is untouchable. Simmons is probably the main piece going to Washington, but Thibel was what did it for them. Um, dogs are up. Someone's home. <laughs> would you trade Thibel in a trade to get Beal? No. So That's my defensive youth right there. So there are four players that have been tied to the Sixers for a redacted trade. Danny Green's knees will not hold up in the playoffs. Exactly. I need Thibel. So you got James Harden, Bradley Beal, Dame Lillard, and Jalen Brown. Rank them and how in the order of rank them in the order of uh, how willing you'd be to make a trade for them. All right. Harden, Beal, Lillard, and who else? Jalen Brown. And Brown. Those four guys? Yep. Let me see. Um, number four, Harden. So four for me would be Beal. That is a contract situation. And I don't know what's going on with him. He gets into slumps. Yeah. Thibault looked better yesterday than Harden did. Harden had four points. He had a horrible shooting game. He had 10 assists, but horrible shooting game. Yeah, against Sacramento. Against the Kings. No. no so I, I have Beal at fourth just because I don't think he's as good as the other three. I have Beal at three because okay. it gives you, you know, the top. You know, it gives you a point guard, whatever. I like that. I have Lillard three because I think he's slowing down. Mm. I have Lillard at, what is it, one, four, three, two. Because... He's a little older in age, and he's in the win now. Not a rebuilding, not a progress of he needs to win now, and he has the ball in his hand a lot. He likes to have the ball in his hand. He doesn't play off the ball. Number one, Jalen Brown. Youth, size, talent. Give me all that. I have Brown two and Harden one for the same reason – I have Brown at two for the same reasons you mentioned, but I just think Harden's a more championship-ready player right now. And I think him and Embiid could be magic. They could be magic. Long-term, contract-wise? I mean, I, I sure. Win now, sure. But do I want the scene to like look like a, a former shell of itself in yeah. three years? No. Fair. I want this a consistent team that is strong, that will last for years to come, and will only get better. Yeah. You don't see Golden State falling off after two years. It's tough, consistent. though. Sustainable success is definitely the most difficult thing to achieve in sports. 
And I think it's going to be tough to do that with this team. Won't be with Doc either. Yeah, you get, at some point you got to let him go. By the way, yeah. uh, I'll save it for my W actually. <laughs> All right. Which is uh, which is next on which the podcast? <laughs> How many do you have for your W's and your L's? And a little tidbit: that's the name of my podcast on the docket. Hasn't yes. been hasn't been recorded in well over a year, but hey, it's there. <laughs> always time for a comeback. It's always time for a comeback. It's just on a secret suspension, like Michael Jordan. Yes, exactly. Um, let's see. Let me pull out the notes. I think I have. Oh, here we go. I have one, two, three, three W's, and three L's. All right, I have two W's and one L. All right. How would you like to start? Um, I'll start with my one W because I don't think it's as good. Um, I think it's good just in general, but you might have better ones because you have a bunch. Um, All right, let's go for it. Dave Yeager, who is one of the assistant coaches for the Sixers, is uh, returning to the bench after getting treatment for cancer the last few months. Yes. Bravo to him. Congratulations to him. That's only going to make the team better, too. Having 1, him with Dan Burke and uh, Doc, it would at least be one more buffer for Doc. So congratulations to him. For Great sure. to have him back. A veteran coach. Mm-hmm. Good, to, good to be back on the bench. Thank God he's back. Especially <laughs> leading into the All-Star break, give him a couple of games to kind of get acclimated, and then boom, second half of the season, let's roll. Let's roll. Um, that would be a difference maker for sure. Great, great to see yoga back. When I saw that news, I was like, I genuinely, yeah. genuinely smiled. I'm like, yeah, it made me feel good. God. I forgot all about that, but I'm happy he's back. Same. That's a good one. Very relieved good. as well. Um, another one. Uh, I'll go with this one. Uh, I don't know if you saw this, but a kindergarten class uh, learned how to do sign language and did a sign of happy birthday to their deaf janitor. Oh, that's awesome. Janitor. So that was pretty cool. The video was awesome. It was very wholesome. Janitor came in thinking, you know, nothing of it. And then seeing the kids sign happy birthday to them was pretty cool. Kindergartners out here. That was pretty yeah, cool. Sir. I like that. Uh, second one is uh this was had me dying i didn't think it was real but it is real apparently over the weekend there was a short king's convent uh function <laughs> did you see this i wasn't invited <laughs> i was not invited either and i was upset but then i don't have a date that's you know five foot eight or <laughs> above that or five ten excuse me or over but apparently there was a short king's function somewhere in the city somewhere i don't know where where guys five foot eight and below gathered together <laughs> with their queens or dates that had to be five foot ten or over. It was awesome seeing those videos. Every short king was basically same height, and then their girls on the other That's side of the funny. room, just tall as shit, taking photos and videos of them. It was awesome. And number three, I I would be remiss if I didn't uh, do this for the public, but uh, the NFL world takes a W as well as us here at the PHL. Oh, see, I thought about doing this. I thought it was too easy though. <sighs> Come on now. Uh, it's sad to see Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs bow out. It's tragic. You know, when you see greatness, you want to see it continue like Tom Brady, as we mentioned earlier. This is, you're, you're just putting this on a T. <laughs> Where are we headed with this one, sir? Well, sir, one Jackson Mahomes and Brittany Matthews, brother of Patrick Mahomes and girlfriend, I believe, if not wife, of Patrick Mahomes, TikTok fools, and NFL's worst quote unquote couple, but they're not a couple. Just horrible for the game. Just duo. Just duo. Are out of the playoffs, out of my face on the timelines as we head into Super Bowl weekend. Thank God for us in the world that we don't have to suffer 
two more weeks of them and probably for the foreseeable future if the if the chiefs were in the bowl and won it to see them tiktok and you know celebrate with tiktoks and stupid dances and shouting at the camera and then spraying champagne on fans that paid money to not to get champagne mm-hmm. on it's weird that they did that but Thankful, a win right there. No Jackson Mahomes, no Brittany Matthews. See ya, deuces. Don't want to be ya. Get out of my face. I'll thanks block you. Yeah, my, thanks uh, for coming. My second and final W. If you remember a few years ago when LSU won the national championship, Joe uh-huh. Burrow indulged in a cigar. Yes. Did you see the photograph of Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase's fathers in the parking lot sharing awesome. a cigar in celebration? I thought that was cool. It was beautiful. I loved it. Me too. Loved it, loved it, loved it. Love the side-by-side, right. side too, that they did. Yeah, it was Twitter. awesome. <laughs> All right, you have three L's, I have one. Uh, yes. you, you can just go ahead. All right. I don't know if you saw the NBA and its officials. Rob, I don't know if you saw this, but Brandon Ingram the other night had a terrific block off this Detroit Piston player who was driving to the to the hoop. Nice block. And for whatever reason, and also the L goes to Brandon Ingram. Brandon Ingram, after said block, Walks over, downed piston player, and yells in his face because he made a nice, decent block, and then walks off as if nothing happened. And then he gets teed up and then gets ejected out of the game. This is the dumbest thing I've seen. I didn't know that's why he got ejected. I got the notification from Fantasy Labs about it. I didn't see why. It was the most dumbest thing ever, and it was like in the fourth quarter, late. The game was already like pretty much done. I think the Pelicans ended okay. up winning, but it wasn't like you know momentous game changer, but. The fact that this dumbass made a nice block, but taunts over a downed player and then walks away like, oh, I didn't do it. Craziness. And the officials, come on now. In the moment, it was a nice block short. Does he need to get ejected for it? No, but that's the rules. It is what it is. That's L in general for Brendan Ingram and the officials of the NBA. Ridiculous. Want me to go back to back? Um, I'll do mine. Right. My only L is going to be the CBS crew during the halftime show of the Chiefs and Bengals game. During halftime, really? James Brown, Burleson, uh, Bill mm-hmm. Cower, and um, Boomer Esiason, and whoever the fifth person is, I can't remember. Yeah, They had a giant speaker right behind the desk, and all you could hear was the <laughs> halftime performance going on. Halfway through them talking, I think it was either Cower or, um, or Boomer said, I, I can't hear you. And James Brown was just screaming, and all you hear is the uh, the Applebee's song that the guy, the country song about Applebee's, at the speakers right next to the desk. I'll send you the video of it. I need to see this. It was hysterical. <laughs> and then somebody else parodied it on uh, Twitter. They were like, "Here's my halftime thoughts," and this guy's talking, and he's got a really loud version of the song playing in the background. You can't hear what he's saying. <laughs> I think it was Big Action Bill, who was a like a like a sports meme memeist, I guess. What a powerful name. Hilarious. <laughs> That's funny. Shit. That was hilarious. Um, the opposite of hilarious. A little sad and just like angry. But uh, black Blackhawks organization, you take a massive. Oh effort. my god, dude! If I have to see this, if I'm bringing this up on the PA Turnpike, you know it's bad because I don't even follow the sport. But apparently, this is same, horrifying. This past Wednesday, I believe, was their debut on TNT, or maybe not. You know, first, you know. Whatever they're they're on yeah. TNT. They have a they have like show. a they have like a town hall or something the same day. Yes, they pull the coverage. TNT and NHL on TNT YouTube pull this on my you know YouTube feed, and they show that there was a town hall meeting 
about like the team's future and all this other stuff because of X Y uh, former player. I believe his name is Kyle, Kyle Beach. Beach. Yeah. yeah. Uh, sexual assault allegations. Not good. This was what, a handful of years. I think it was 2010 because during the uh, the tirade, Rocky Wirtz, who's the owner of the Blackhawks, said we're not yes. going to talk about 2010. Yeah. This was hard to watch. This was riveting for me, Just though. Like cringe. Cringe. Like, whoever this, I don't know if it was a reporter or maybe most likely it was a reporter. He stood up and answered, yep. asked a question. It was a reporter. Yeah, about the Kevin Beach, Kyle Beach uh, situation. What can they do to prevent this in the future? What are they doing? All this other stuff. Yeah. And I believe the son of Rocky Warts was going to answer. And then his father, Rocky Warts, stepped yeah. in and said, no, I got this. And basically chose violence. Yeah. And just basically poo-pooed it, shut it down. We're not talking about 2010. We're not talking about that. We're talking about now, the future, what we do. There's if no place in, the, in sports for this. This is ridiculous. Like, this was a disgusting... It was just bad. You don't do this, ever. And it just shows whatever happened, happened, and they can't even take ownership. And they just basically put it under the rug like nothing happened. Like, it is yeah. what it is. I understand. It's, over. it's so it, stupid. Yeah, I understand you want, you want to be done with talking about it, but at some point, you just got to eat crap publicly Yeah, and just deal with it because your your organization took a big you know, public kind of like it was defaced a little bit by the public as a result of this. And, and words made himself look awful. And if you haven't seen it, take a look at it on uh it's on Twitter. It's on YouTube. Elliot Friedman, who works for um, hockey night Canada on, I believe CBC in Canada. Yeah. Tweeted about it. He said, I saw this live. I, I disgusting. So no place. Rocky Wirtz is a loser. Anybody that condones sexual assault in any regard, mild or, you know, massive. It just, not good. No place. And it, not in sports anywhere. No, no nowhere. In, in the world. Horrible. Yeah. And I watched this clip maybe 10 times. Not even kidding. I just couldn't believe what I was watching. Yeah. And the tone that he took, and I'm like, maybe I missed something. Maybe the reporter said oh, something. Yeah. No, you missed nothing. No. He, he just, no. He went and chose violence and just shut it down. And then and it was I a think, fair question. It's a town hall meeting. If you don't know anything about town hall meeting, this is basically where the public, in general sense, yeah. a public will come in, and the government's there to hear your thoughts and questions, and they're there to answer it as best, yeah. best as possible. You know what he does? I don't care what your question is. We're not talking about that. Yeah. If you have ask nothing me else, about, to, ask me about attendance or something. Yeah. Yeah. If you have nothing to offer, don't say nothing at else because you're gonna get the same answer. And then yeah. that goes for anybody else. I'm like. And then apparently they, someone they else had, asked a similar question yep, and right after. double down. <laughs> they had to know this was coming when they called this meeting. I'm sure that's why he went right for it. The juggler yeah. went right for blood off the Immediately. bat. Yeah. And some, now some pundits were saying, Oh, we don't know. Maybe him, the reporter had something in the past and that what it was I'm like, no, don't do, don't try to belittle what happened. This man asked a valid question about sexual assault in your organization. As and it was a layup. You, you have a chance to rebuild your image by saying, hey, we're exactly. going to take steps to prevent this. We have an open door policy, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And they, he just instead chose, hey, we're, it did, didn't happen. The more damaging thing is that he said that it's none of your business to the to the media, or basically, frankly, to anybody. It's between yeah. those, him, his son, and whoever else was on that panel yeah. and within, within the organization. That makes no fucking sense. Terrible. Sure, everyone else should be in the know, but. Your fans, the public, should also be aware of what's going on as well. Because how are you going to bring in future free agents yeah. and draft picks and also endorsements? Just, just answer ridiculous. the question with class and move on. Deal with it for the time being. I know it's uncomfortable. Just deal with it. 
And a side note on this L, the massive Blackhawks logo that was just hovering behind was yeah. just even more damaging on top and, um, of that. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure not? they lost, too. I'm pretty sure they lost last night. They did. I was handily. watching it. Um, the Blackhawks logo, after we just talked about the Redskins. Oh, God, they got shut out 5-0. Yeah, yeah, it was 5-0. It was bad. Yeah. So, yeah, the Blackhawks, from where they were, were at the top of the league, basically – with them and the Red Wings, I want to say. That's my <laughs> furthest of knowledge of the NHL. For the longest time in the Bruins. Yeah, of going back and forth between Stanley Cup finals. They are just a putrid organization right now. So, screw Rocky Wards. Yep. And just screw no place for Cubs. sexual assault anywhere. Yep. Fuck that guy. And uh, number three. Number three. Jesus, I'm heated. <laughs> Fuck. So upset. Uh, number three. This will be a lighter note, and then we can end the show unless you have another Dell. I got nothing. Jose Bautista. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> My man, John Boy. Whoever else on Twitter put this up. Thank you. Robert, a 13-year-old phenom made Jose Bautista look like me on a drunk night trying to swing a baseball bat. You made him this look was, like Phillies Bautista. <laughs> this was putrid. My man was just throwing nothing but heat, and he couldn't hit anything to save his life. The video is just beautiful. I loved it. Jose Bautista, you look try. You definitely yeah. need to be back in the uh, MLB. MLB needs to get back to business because yeah. Bautista out here swinging and misses thirteen year old. It's crazy. What did you think of the video when you saw it? I thought it was pretty hilarious. <laughs> he couldn't. He was literally going for it too. Yeah, wiffle ball is a lot harder than baseball because the ball will move so differently. True. Even when you know what's coming in baseball, that you can sometimes hit it. Wiffle ball, you know what curveball is coming, you can't hit it. Just is what it is. Seeing him go full sight on these swings is hilarious. Though. Yeah. He's trying to crush this like, Oh, he got me the one two times, but I'm gonna crush this one. Nope. Yeah, I'm getting the next one. That just <laughs> never happened. Sit down, kid. Oh well. Next batter up. But uh, that was it for the long edition of the 38th episode of the PH Turnbod. Uh we'll be well, back tomorrow. We'll be back. <laughs> yep, we'll be back before the weekend. We'll have a, a little bit different stuff for you. We'll put something together, have a top five. Um and we'll go from there. For sure. Uh, well, we'll see you in... We'll see you soon. Soon. <laughs> we'll give you both your weekend days something to listen to. Right? A full, what, five-hour anthology. Coming up next. Yeah. Coming your way. <laughs> All right, everybody. We'll see you soon. Thank Adios. you.